0: Ready? I'm ready. <laughs> okay. Hey, Tishu, how are you? I'm very good, and how are you? I'm doing wonderful. Hey, listen, I just want to thank you so much for joining uh, my podcast today. Uh, you and I had met on Instagram. We uh, during our pre-call, we we thought actually I don't know how I started following you. Yes. And I don't know how I started following you. So, but I'm super glad we did because. Um, as I watched your stories, and most recently, you you just got back from Africa, and I, you know, we'll get into that story uh, a little bit, but I, I realized this is a woman that I think would be amazing to be on the podcast, so I reached out to you, and you were like, yes, yes. of course, so and then when on our pre-call, you know, you always dig into somebody's story, and it's always amazing to hear the story, we don't always know those stories, and see those yeah. stories, So you have an amazing story, so I want to get right into it. Um, You are a a doctor and have been a doctor since probably 20-plus years. Um, Yes. But yeah, so give us a little bit of background on who you are, where you're living, and uh, yeah, just a little bit about yourself.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. It's been such a pleasure connecting. Mm -hmm. Um, So I live in London, and I've been a doctor for, yes, 20-plus years, uh, but I no longer practice medicine. I caught uh, COVID-19 in March 2020, and it changed my life. So instead, I run uh, online programs on a mind-body empowerment, particularly on fat loss as a way of life, and stress release. And I have a book coming out. I so that's know.
0: me. I am super <laughs> excited about that. So you are currently living in the UK? In the UK. Yeah. Is that where you were born and raised? or?
1: no I was born in Sri Lanka in Colombo okay. yes okay. and I've been in the UK for about 20 years now right okay. long time yes
0: well I definitely want to start digging into your story because uh, it's it's crazy like the fact that you left a you know a, a doctor role um, after 20 plus years um, so tell us a little bit about that tell us about the journey to actually finally making that decision to leave your role as a doctor, and start this program called Fat Loss as a Way of Life?
1: So Lynette, I have to say, um, so I, I was practicing at Canary Wharf in London, and I was doing health and well-being and some lifestyle medicine, and I really enjoyed it. But a part of me wanted to do something else. Um, but I lacked the courage. I was too afraid to make that change. And Then it was 2020 and suddenly we were standing uh, at the foothills of a pandemic. At that point, I don't think I really had thought about anything until I caught COVID-19. Even after I caught uh, COVID, I thought I I would just sail through it, it would be fine that this wasn't gonna make a huge difference, but I was wrong. It did make a huge difference. And I went from being a, a doctor practicing health and well-being one day to suddenly kind of looking at my life a year later and realizing I can no longer practice medicine. Um, it was like I was kicked off the deep end and I had to I had to either sink or swim. There was there was no other alternative. Um I don't know whether you're aware of long COVID, but wow. um
0: I think I've heard the term long COVID, but yeah, maybe impact that a little.
1: So actually with COVID-19, I had a near-death experience. So I didn't expect to survive. On day 10, I found myself at the doorway waiting to leave. But as I reflected on my life, as one does, because my life flashed in front of me. And I realized that I had lived all of my life through the lenses of career, ambition, and I had been driven to achieve without really understanding why I was doing it. I had just stepped onto this template and I just continued without without really thinking about it. But as I was standing at the doorway waiting to leave, I realized that actually This is probably not the life I would have chosen had I had, had I really thought about it. So, but it was, of course, it was too late. I was, I was out, I was walking out. But what had changed, what really changed things for me was in 2012, I started practicing yoga. And in 2016, I started a teacher training in mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. And as a result, I developed a daily practice of yoga and meditation. And through those practices, I had reached a place of fulfillment that I never had before. So when my life was flashing in front of me, all I had to hold on to were the moments, the insights, the wisdom that had come out of the yoga and meditation. But of course, I didn't die that day. I survived, but it took me a very long time, over one year to come to any semblance of normalcy to function as I do now. Um, So long COVID is when a person has long-term symptoms. The definition off the top of my head, I think is three months, the cutoff is three months. And there are a lot of people, there are millions suffering with fatigue, inability to concentrate, and various physical symptoms for now, it's been three years now, it's going to be Mm. three years. And some of some of the people with long COVID have suffered this long. Um, But COVID for me was, and is, and has been life changing. Without Mm. it, I would not have had the courage to let go of career. Because It becomes who we are. There's fear when you step away from something that has defined you for 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. And And I had a lot of fear.
0: Yeah, and particularly when you say you were driven to keep in that career and you actually never understood why you were so driven to be in that career.
1: And isn't it sad?
0: You know, and, and I think that you know, like we're both, you know, in our 50s. And I'm sure we probably started thinking early in our 30s. ugh, Is this really what I want to be doing? But you're on this, it's almost like you've hit this, you know, terminal velocity or this trajectory that you actually are on this path, and you're going to stay on this path. And you don't know how to get off of it, because you've got, you know, mortgage payments or, and and just like life, just didn't really encourage to make a pivot later in the game. So tell me, what was that? I know that, you know, the COVID, and when you say you were ready to step out, you actually thought you were dying. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so that, yeah, I just want to clarify that. And so what, what was that sort of moment when you, that aha, where you were like, yeah, I have been on this I've been in this car, driving this car on the same rails for the past 20 years. This is not what I want. What was that one moment in your mind that said
1: something's got to change? So that moment didn't come until January 2021. Okay. So when I finally decided, right, I can't practice clinical medicine because physically I am not well enough to. And work was very kind. They gave me a sabbatical of a year. Mm -hmm. I sat down and I asked myself, firstly, who was I? Because Mm -hmm. I realized that all of my life, I had been defined by everything that was outside of me. Um, My qualifications, my career, my parents, my ethnicity, uh, who I was married to, the house, my job, everything. And if we take all of that away, and that's what happened to me, suddenly I didn't know who I was. I didn't know mm-hmm. who, who was this person because this person had been somebody who was defined by everything outside of her. And everybody else. And they everybody else. They wanted to else. see
0: you as <clears throat> this doctor. They wanted to see you as this... You know and i think you know if it wasn't a doctor then it's a being a mother if it exactly. wasn't being a mother it's being yes. a spouse it's like you're, you're constantly being defined by what society needs you to be i, I suppose you know
1: yes the labels mm-hmm. so i think for me that was the beginning because i then realized that i had to look at firstly what did i want as a person Secondly, I understood on some level that there was a reason for my birth, and I wanted to know what was the purpose for my birth. Why? Why had I been born? And it could not have been just to be a doctor and you know earn and then you know kind of run behind career. It, it that wasn't the reason. So, what was the reason? So, can I just I, ask you sure. there?
0: Are you sure? Like when you say, what was the reason it wasn't to be a doctor, but being a doctor, you're actually probably living quite a purpose-filled life because you're helping others. And really that's kind of what, you know, we define purpose as really being is being able to do what you love and help others. And so if you, if, how did you know that that's not your purpose? That wasn't your purpose. That wasn't the
1: reason for being born. Because I wasn't feeling the love. Mm -hmm. I wasn't feeling that, That sense of passion. And I was, I loved, I thought I I loved medicine. I thought I loved it. And I did. On on some level, I did. But I took, see, I was standing at the doorway waiting to leave. And I realized that all we take with us, excuse me, as we leave this life, is the person that we shape ourselves to be. Oh,
0: that is awesome. So all... (laughs) We leave the world. In. No,
1: all we take, that, all, all we, we take, take with us as we leave this life, is the person that our life has shaped us to be.
0: Love, love, love
1: that. Awesome. Keep going. Yes. <laughs> and I knew that. I knew that on some level, and. I don't know how I knew it, but I knew that on some level that there were different levels of Deshu. And the highest level of Deshu was not aligned to a career of medicine. The highest level of Deshu was aligned to a state of being that was very different to the one that I had been been in for 20 plus years.
0: Do you think your yoga (laughs) and meditation practice helped you to get clarity like that? Like that's pretty clear. Yeah. So tell me more about that because, you know, when we think about yoga and, and meditation, we do, you know, we, I guess we know the dictionary definition of a lot of that, but and, and you know, sometimes I say to my friends, I can't really tell you what it does for me. But what I can tell you is when I haven't been doing it, I can feel it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so what's your what's your sort of definition of it?
1: Uh, so when I started out practicing yoga, I went for some classes, you know, as one does at a yoga studio. But I was really, really lucky. The teachers that I... Um, that I followed the classes through, they kind of looked at yoga outside just being a physical exercise. Particularly one lady, I remember she used to read to us from the Bhagavad Gita. She used to read the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. And she practiced a form of yoga called jiva mukti. You've probably heard of it. Okay. I have not. So I'm too mainstream, I think, for that. <laughs> So Jeeva Mukti is a particular, it's it's done in a particular way. So she had, uh, she did the reading and then there was the chanting and this was all new to me. And I was like, wow, I'm not quite sure what i meant to do. Basically. I love
0: it already though. <laughs> okay?
1: So, but I, I, I did, I followed it. But because she kind of, you know, set the tone as it were, I was curious and I took the next step and I read the Bhagavad Gita and I read the yoga sutras of Patanjali and I looked into the chanting and of course I looked into the meditation which I didn't know much about but I wanted to do more for my patients so I did the teacher training for mindfulness-based cognitive therapy but as a result I'm we had to have a daily practice and I was like, you know, a busy person. So I told myself, look, course is expensive. I'm going to have to give this everything I have. So I started getting up at 4.30 in the morning. 45 minutes of yoga to stop me from falling asleep, followed Mm -hmm. by an hour of meditation. And suddenly I was in a routine. And suddenly I was loving life because I stopped being a drama queen. I... Could I was feeling an awareness, that's the only way I can put it, a kind of a very heightened awareness. So when, you know, when we wear specks that have got, you know, th- there's a little bit of um, dust or whatever it is on it, mm-hmm. and you clean it, and suddenly everything's so much clearer. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like. And Amazing. I started loving life. I started loving myself. And I, I I don't know what happened. What do you
0: mean you stopped being a drama queen? Was that just something you said or like like tell me how were you, how did you feel you were being a drama queen?
1: Reacting, <laughs> I stopped reacting to mm-hmm. little things, to even big things actually. Um, mm-hmm. I stopped reacting and I was able to look at, the situation from a completely different perspective. Um, my husband and I decided to to part ways after 18 years of marriage. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that. And it was like I feel under ordinary circumstances I would have got very upset about it. And it wasn't that I was not upset, I was ups- I was upset, but it was a more more of a, a response. It was more of a very compassionate look at myself, at him, at our relationship. And it, it, was, it was different. And, and I can honestly say like, even through that part of it, there was a sense of um, things are exactly the way they are meant to be. And there's nothing mm. to change and nothing to fix just trust so you had
0: a lot of change going on a divorce near-death experience you know ending a career all kind of within you know a two-year time frame yes how did you manage that like let's dig in a little bit into the fear of crossing that that bridge because that bridge is like especially with the divorce and the leaving your career those those take incredible decisions. And as you said, you know, you, you lacked the courage uh, to make the change previously. um, But then you found that courage. Tell me about that journey, that process.
1: I think I, it wasn't, it was almost like I didn't do it. It, it, it happened in the sense that was the way my journey unfolded. I caught COVID-19 and everything changed. Like, Straight away, and it it there were days at least there was a, there were weeks actually where I didn't even know if I was going to make it from day to day, and it was like um, I had come to the edge of a cliff, and I had no place to go but to jump off it. I didn't know what was underneath because I couldn't see it, but I had to trust that. I would be okay jumping off that cliff. And I'm not a person who um, is very trusting. I've always been a control freak. I have to have my life controlled in every way, shape and form. But I had absolutely no choice. I had no one in the house apart from two cats. My front house neighbor used to text me every night to make sure that I was alive, really, really. But, and I remember hitting rock bottom because I I suddenly realized, oh my God, you know, that panic state. Oh my God, there isn't anybody. I don't have a career now. I don't have a job. They, there are no friends and family. I'd lost my mother in 2017. Dad wasn't very well at the point. And that, you know, that feeling of, feeling of having everything kind of, you know, falling over that complete panic. And I had to really kind of pull myself out of it. I actually sat down in meditation. And I asked myself the question, why, why, why am I in this state of panic now? And I felt I knew kind of straight away that I was not trusting the path that was unfolding in front of me. And And I remember saying to myself, but there is nobody here, I'm all alone. And then I looked around and there were the two cats. And I devised an affirmation for myself. Everything and everyone I need, I already have. Everything I need to be, I already am. And I looked at those two cats and I told myself, that nobody else is here because nobody else is meant to be here. These two are all I need for this journey that I'm walking on. And I need to have that trust. And I... Wow. I got, oh, Keep going. Because
0: I, I, I we're going back to some of that stuff you were saying, though.
1: <laughs> and I recited this literally every half an hour, like clockwork, I kept reciting it. It took me about 48, 72 hours when suddenly I was like, actually, why am I getting into a panic? Everything is fine. Everything is as it should be. (laughs) I love it.
0: So first of all, this trust and control. I think, you know, as women, we, we do take a, a, typically that sort of, we end up, you know, running a lot of things like the household, the kids, whatever. Um, and so this control freak, so letting go and being feeling like you felt like perhaps maybe there was no safety net and you were going to have to let go and yes. hope that, you yes. know, the parachute would open and you were going to have this soft landing. Um, do you think everybody, you, you talk about rock bottom, do you think we we all need to hit that rock bottom? Like I've heard some, if or, you know, different uh, situations about rock bottom. Yes, you absolutely have to hit rock bottom before you can move forward. And then others, like why do you have to hit rock bottom? Why can't you just define this life for yourself and you know really take control of it? Um, tell me more about that. Where you felt like you hit rock bottom?
1: I think I felt I hit rock bottom because everything that was familiar was no longer reality. And Mm. um, I didn't know. I suddenly I went from kind of knowing everything about me to suddenly not knowing anything. And Mm. yes, we do talk a lot about controlling our lives and making decisions. And but what I learned is that. I learned that we are here to learn certain experiences and to become greater versions of ourselves. But if we walk the same path and talk the same talk and be the person that we were, then we continue down that road.
0: And, and to me, I, that feels like just truly living your truth. Right? Yes, like to, yeah, exactly. So these affirmations that you did, can you tell them to me again? Yes.
1: Everything and everyone I need, I already have. Everything I need to be, I already am. Amazing. And so you
0: use those affirmations to, on uh, like quite, you said you recited them every 30 minutes. Yeah. To get you through that sort of almost crisis moment, if you will. Yes, yes. And do you, do you continue to use
1: those as you move forward? Sometimes, but Lynette, one thing, so what I learned was actually, I don't know whether this happened by accident. It probably did because I wasn't in a state of mind to be looking for stuff, but I, I wanted to know how I created my reality. How do we create our reality in this moment? And I realized thoughts, beliefs, emotions, behaviors, environments, and the people we surround ourselves with, this creates the life that we live.
0: Totally, totally, totally.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I
0: mean, it's just, I mean, I think about where I'm at in my life right now. And that one last piece around the people who I have in my life, I'm struggling with that because I don't have those people around me anymore. And so it's about building new community and stuff. But yeah, definitely. What you just said there reminded me of a post that you have, and I I have it up here. So I'm just going to read it. Uh, This is a post off of your Instagram account. Um, The environments we inhibit and the people we surround ourselves with Have a significant impact on our state of well-being and then you give two questions and i'm going to read these questions because i think everybody really should know how to answer them one is what is the default setting of the life we live and two are we a priority in our own life or not and i just i don't know does anybody even ask themselves those questions and you know could and and what would be the
1: answer Well, I can honestly tell you prior to COVID-19, A, I was not a priority in my life. And B, my default Mm -hmm. setting was fight or flight. I was running in survival without even knowing it because I had Mm -hmm. spent decades in this state. And this Mm -hmm. was my norm. This was normal for me. It Mm -hmm. took me this experience, this life-changing experience to to bring myself to a state, firstly, to bring myself to a state that was not survival. Mm -hmm. And just for that, I mean, I remember being unable to do anything. And I used to sit outside in my garden at seven in the morning and listen to the birds. And it took me some time to realize that I had not had the time to hear those birds sing i had had i did not have the time to to see the flowers in the garden that was my garden you had been living there for
0: so long and then when you had this moment to be to go within and to just be quiet yeah. and i talk a lot about that on other podcasts and and my my social posts it's like finding that time to be quiet because that is really how the only way you're going to find the path forward yeah. and the fact that you were like, hmm, these birds, where did they come from? (laughs) You know, but meanwhile, they had been there forever. Yes. You know, we talked about fight and flight, um, fight or flight in our pre-call. Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit about that because there was a moment in time for me when I turned 50 and I, I got very, very sick. And I, after a few weeks, I was able to go and, uh, see a naturopath just to kind of like figure out a little bit more with what was going on in my world. So he does a bunch of tests, blood tests, and stuff like that. And within an hour and a half, he just came into the office and said, Listen, like, what is going on with you? Why are you so stressed out? And I was like, What? And he's like, Yeah, your adrenal glands are flatlined, you're, you know, all these things. And I thought, Oh my God. I couldn't even tell you that I'm stressed out Mm. because I don't think I am. Yes. And, you know, we talked about this, how like your tolerance for stress just keeps going up and up and up. So you don't even actually know, I think in my mind, that you are stressed because you just learn to adapt. Adapt, yeah. You know, and so... And I know you go a little bit into your program about the sort of you call yes. them uh, parasympathetic. So maybe let's 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 dig into that a little bit because I think this is a super important uh, topic.
1: Yes. So um, the autonomic nervous system. So like I said, I looked at how we create our reality, and being a medic, I went into the neurophysiology. I looked at the functioning of the human body. Now, firstly, our thought processes, actually, these are, these are chemical pathways. So our thoughts are not random. Mm-hmm. They are very significant, hugely significant. And if we keep thinking in a particular way, it literally becomes the lens through which we relate to our world. Now, this Mm. lens can be one of rest and digest, which is the parasympathetic, or it can be one of fight or flight, which is sympathetic. To just put it in a nutshell, there's a gazelle grazing on the savannah, and you've got beautiful blue skies and the herds around the gazelle, and there's a lovely breeze blowing, and all is well in the world. Now, this gazelle's body, basically assuming the gazelle's body is like a human body, is in parasympathetic, rest and digest. This is the body that has done yoga, but this is a body on a default of yoga, a default of meditation, a default of pranayama or breathwork. Because it is not the practice that we do that matters. It is our default state. So if if you're practicing yoga for an hour every day, but running in stress for the other 23 hours, it completely defeats the purpose. Mm -hmm. So let's call this gazelle Steve. Now Steve's like having such an amazing day. It's like absolutely amazing. His body's in parasympathetic. This is rest and digest. All systems are functioning the way that they should be. But suddenly Steve turns around and he sees this little flash of brown. And he's like, ooh, oh my goodness me, what on earth is that? And it turns out it's a lion. So Steve mm-hmm. starts screaming and he runs. And the lion is running behind Steve. Now Steve's body at this moment is in fight or flight. Mm-hmm. This is not a body. So if, the, if, if we take the brain, the higher centers of the brain are inhibited. This is run, that's all it's doing. All the the nerve, the pathways are going through the limbic system. Now these are the primitive pre-programmed pathways of the limbic system. This is in survival, this body is in survival. So the body switches to survival mode. It's not just the brain, the brain and the body switch to survival mode. So there's gonna be increased amounts of oxygen that's needed. There's an increase in the way in the rate of breathing, increase in heart rate, increase in blood pressure. The body needs more glucose, so the glycogen stores in the liver will break down, and the body is ready to run. That's cool. Now we'll take two options here. Steve will say manages to escape the lion. And two hours later, Steve is back to, you know, in his chilled position, looking up at the blue sky, etc. His default his mode. His default mode. But he's Mm -hmm. then come back to parasympathetic, so that survival was just a short burst. He needed it at the time, he's back to being the chilled out steed. But we take the other side of the coin, and we say this guy's having a really bad time. So he's finished with one lion, two hours later he's like really still shaken by this, when he starts getting chased by another lion, and this goes on for the next two weeks. Two weeks down the line, where is Steve's body going to be then? Because Mm -hmm. the body then is going to look at this whole environment thing and think, oh, my God, this environment is full of predators, basically. We need to be in survival mode. That's our default. This, This becomes the default. So whether it is a lion or whether it's stress at work or stress in our life, it is literally the same situation. The default is what is the state of body a majority of the day mm-hmm. it depends on what we're doing a majority of the day literally is that right. simple so and how you deal with it
0: i suppose like if you if you're if you're always bumping up against something but you're never really sort of doing a reset whatever that could be then you're you
1: just stay in this state of yes Fight, Fight or flight kind of thing. Because yeah. in modern day society, we are driven by perfectionism. There is mm-hmm. a, o, there's always the I must, I have to, I should, I cannot. Mm-hmm. So we are driven mm-hmm. by perfectionism. We cannot make mistakes. We are not. It's just not normal to make mistakes. Basically, no one can make mm-hmm. mistakes. So, depending on your environment. So this is where the environments come in. So, supposing we'll say again, let's take two people. We'll say one environment is relatively chilled. You can, you know, rock up in your, you know, uh, casual clothes and, you know, there's, you can drop in for a yoga class and that environment is non threatening. So, there may be, there may be, maybe a project is threatening, but largely the environment is non threatening. But the moment we get up in the morning and we step into that environment, you know how your body aligns. So you're either, wow, morning everyone, walking in mm-hmm. with that, that tone of voice, or you're like, it's another day at work. Yeah, and and- <laughs> dreaded this morning, it's only Wednesday. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. it's, it's whether that environment represents a threat or not. And we know this, mm-hmm. this isn't rocket science, we know it. We only have to tune mm-hmm. into our bodies to know whether this environment is a, is a threat or not.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it just mm-hmm. is. You know, and it kind of reminds me, well, it doesn't kind of, it does remind me of your story around how you knew you had to make a pivot. You got into the yoga, the meditation, but you needed to make it a daily practice. And so where did you find the time? 4.30 to, you know, 5.30, and then 5.30 to 6.30. But that yet yeah, that, helped you have that good morning exactly. kind of, yes. you yes. know, yes. A- approach to life, yes. you know. Yes. Um, that Yeah, that's that's wonderful. So so let's talk a little bit about your step out of being a general practitioner doctor to starting fat loss as a way of life. Okay, so that took... The courage. The
1: courage. The confidence. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the year 2021, 2021 was the year for me because I looked, in order to to help myself out of long COVID, in order to to come back to any semblance of normalcy, I looked at the way I create my life. I looked at my thoughts. I started writing everything down. My thoughts, my beliefs, the environments, the people, the emotions, TV programs I watched, food I was eating, I looked at everything. I dissected everything. And every single thing I asked myself, is this swaying to parasympathetic and rest and digest? Is this going to help me heal or not? So if there were people I felt were making me feel bad about myself, I stopped, I I dissociated myself from them. I was not at work, so work wasn't a threat. I stopped watching any TV programs, like no crime dramas, nothing not even dramas. I started watching rom-coms and comedies that were going to make me feel happy. And Mm -hmm. the affirmations were a big thing, but not just affirmations, Lynette. I started looking at my self-talk. How was Mm -hmm. I, what was I, what did I feel about me as a person? How did I describe myself when I said I am? What, was, what followed those words? When I spoke about mm. my life, what followed those words? Because I felt that on some level, this was what my reality was. My life was exactly mm. the way that I saw it to be. So I started being very, very clear as to how I addressed myself and my situation. And I stopped looking at long COVID as a disease. I know it sounds really bizarre. I stopped talking about it. I stopped researching it. And I told myself, you're completely normal. You might not be the person you were in March 2020 before COVID hits. But this is normal for you. And there's nothing for us to get worked up over. And I focused only on what I could do as opposed to what I could not so this was the beginning. But so the whole of 2021, I spent focusing on this. And I I kind of, what can I say? I linked it all up. So I don't know whether you're aware, but yoga, chanting, meditation, all of this move the body into parasympathetic. It actually does this. Well,
0: and I, I think, you know, if I could interpret that in much more, non-doctor layman terms (laughs) is (laughs) i (laughs) i strongly believe that the vibration of which you are vibrating in every day really impacts you and that that you know the music that you listen to the you know your environment everything that's happening to you creates a vibration in your your body because you know as we talked about you know it's 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 we're made up mostly of water, and so you know it's sort of like how is your b- water in your body flowing? You know, if I can just unpack it right down to like a two-year-old, I I just feel like what goes into your mind goes into your body, yes. and you function that way. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I I will often leave <laughs> vibrational music playing. My my listeners are going to think I'm crazy, but playing in my house. Even when I'm not home, yeah, so that it really sort of cleanses the energy, I'm a big sager, I'm a big burner of incense and, and, and things like that. but not in a sort of a crazy way, like I honestly believe that it it does impact me. and so I think that's what you're yes. seeing here with.
1: Yeah, that is exactly mm-hmm. what I'm saying. But so I mm-hmm. spent whole of 2021 and a good part of 2022. Until, mm. and I did this by instinct, I didn't really know what I was doing. I think I just, it it would be like, I felt this was the next step. And I would then take the next step. And exactly what you said. Mm. So I started listening to certain chants and mantras. And I ramped it up for like three hours a day. This was all I used to do. In between, I would listen to the healing music on YouTube. It goes at I think it's five mm-hmm. to eight hertz or something like this.
0: Yeah, I was I was at always listening to four seventeen or four seven one or something like that at the beginning, and then now I listen to different hertz. But yeah, yeah.
1: and I I I do I haven't mentioned uh, something is that I have a friend in Sri Lanka. She is mm-hmm. a highly spiritual, highly spiritual being, and it mm-hmm. so happened that. We, I mean, we were family friends, but I had lost touch. But at that time in January 2021, through Instagram, suddenly we reconnected. And she, I have to say, taught me so much about things that I did not know, did not understand, had not even thought of. Um, mm-hmm. Her name's Shobana and she lives in Sri Lanka. And she would give me, so she gave me the mantras and the chants and said, I think you should listen to this. And I started after some time really trusting her. And every time she would give me something, I knew, I knew that I just embraced it. So yeah. she was literally like a guide. Um, but a year and a half later, I realized that I had, actually developed a template, a very clear template, that would allow me, and anybody for that matter, to change the people that we were. Because there was a very clear Mm -hmm. structure, the path that I had followed, that had allowed me to change my thoughts, change my beliefs, change my behaviors change my environments and really have absolute awareness of who I was and what kind of life I wanted to live and totally the path to my highest self.
0: Yeah, no, that is amazing. So so we, you're you're stepping into or you're stepping out of the doctor role. You're using a lot of this mindset yes. work to get you to this place, yes. so that you could believe that you, you know, were creating this mindset, obviously, yes. but the awareness of what you wanted, and you were starting to get super
1: clear yes. on that. So, so then, how does fat, fat loss come in? as a way yes. of life? Yeah, <laughs> one one quick thing I want to add to people, to anybody listening. I did write my book in this period and I awesome. think, and again, it took me a while to understand this, but I think the way the brain works in terms of creativity, particularly in a situation where one is unwell and you know has been unwell for a long period and you're not using certain parts of the brain, And suddenly you bring in creativity and it doesn't matter whether it's art, whether it's sketching, whether it's writing, but suddenly you're using different parts of the brain. You're forcing yourself to think in different ways. And particularly writing my journey down was also, Mm -hmm. I found a form of acceptance, a form of almost like saying, it's okay. This This is my path. And Trusting everything, so I think creativity is something that is very important for, uh, and it's something that I has been added into my program as well. But just to sort of put that one out there, now let's
0: just talk. I know (laughs) we're trying to get to the fat loss as a way of life program. How you ended up getting there, but (laughs) let's just talk about that for a second because I've never heard that before. But I think you're right. Like I think this sort of I, I have a, a very good friend and, and she, she's always talking about playfulness. And in my mind, I feel like that playfulness brings out that creativity. And and so that's sort of what you're suggesting is that, you know, give your, your, give your brain a chance to like kick out some of the old stereotypical, this is the way we must yeah. do it. Uh to like, okay, now you're going to start thinking, you're going to solve this problem a little bit differently. You're going to use these tools. You're going to, you know, do these word puzzles, whatever you're going to draw a picture, whatever, whatever the creative um, element is. And so that does really start to, I mean, I made this note changing the way my brain works. Yes. And is that how, that's how it's.
1: Yes. But also if you look at the neurophysiology, we as human beings, we have higher centers. And the prefrontal cortex is the that is the center for everything. Now, Mm -hmm. for me, from where I was like not using any of these higher centers for a long time. And I had never written anything in my life. So Mm -hmm. suddenly, I went from not using this particular Mm -hmm. pathway at all to suddenly using it. So if you I mean, I do, there's a really, really lovely book. It's called "The Brain That Changes Itself." It's, I mean, it's, it, it's, it helped me so much, so much to understand the concepts of neuroplasticity. To understand that we need to use these parts of the brain because when we use it, we amplify it. We we're literally saying, "Look, we need this," so the body just mm-hmm. aligns. And I. Again, I didn't do this intentionally, but like reflecting back on the years of 2020, 2021, 2022, I realized the writing had made a huge difference in my thought process, in the way that I was using parts of the brain that I hadn't actually used in a very long time.
0: So, And isn't that the truth? We get on this path, We're living this, you know, this driven to achieve life. I don't have time for that. I haven't got the space to bring that in right now. I just don't have the capacity. And so we just stay on this path and then we just, yeah, we start to grow dust bunnies in our brain.
1: 100%. (laughs) Okay. Fat fat loss loss as a way of life. So so, I have teamed up with a body coach called Christian Heenan. Now Christian is someone mm-hmm. I know very well. I used to work with him. Mm-hmm. I used to work with him okay. when I did health and well-being. So I know, and we used to work together. So Christian is, he's a body coach, he's a personal trainer, and he's a health physiologist. So he's able to deal with chronic disease, etc. His background is in exercise and nutrition. So we mm-hmm. sat down And we looked at fat loss. Now, the reason we looked at fat loss was we looked at menopause. We looked at menopause. Mm -hmm. We looked at women because what I saw when I was practicing health and well-being, what I saw were women from 40 upwards. That's when that slow change, the transition takes Mm -hmm. place. And this is the time that, you know, you're you're climbing the career ladder, you know, you've been married for a while, your children are getting older and then suddenly they're getting ready to leave. This is the time where the worries about around breast cancer, the worries around all kinds of other diseases, like, you know, it's diabetes or high blood pressure, etc. and then boom, suddenly you've got menopause sitting on your door, doorstep and then you're struggling to lose weight. So this is that, this is the timeline for women. And this is a timeline Mm -hmm. I know very well through because I've done health and well-being for five and a half years. So we sat down and we looked at it. And Christian and I realized that there were so many ladies who would come into a personal trainer or to a body coach. Yes, they would lose some weight, but there would be no mindset involved in it. And then six months down the line, boom, you're back to square one. And what do they think? They think that they are the failure. So yeah, so we looked at this and I told Christian, look, we need to bring mindset and belief system into this, not just mindset and belief system. There needs to be an understanding of the challenges that women over 40 start facing how does life change for them what do they need in terms of health screening do they i mean everything matters not just not just your weight but starting your starting point should be i love my body because without that you're starting from a place of lack straight away because the society the culture that we live in does not teach us to love our bodies it tells us what we lack everywhere we look mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. what we decided is to start with not just mindset empowerment focuses empowerment fat loss is body image where women are going to love their bodies mindset would teach women in particular to love themselves and the life that they live And Mm -hmm. we can't have mindset without the body, nor can we have the body without the mindset. The two have to go together. And what we thought was, if we start with fat loss, we bringing the mind-body empowerment, this will bring empowerment, not just for the client in front of us, but it will snowball to their families and the workplace and the friends. So this is... Mind, body empowerment, love your body and love yourself. I love that because, you know, I just think about this
0: whole conversation around, you know, what is your default state? What is what is your mindfulness? What is your awareness of what you want, how you want to live your life? And so I think, you know, for years I've said to my kids, your mental state is based on creating a system for yourself it's, you know, what are you doing at the gym? What are you eating? How are you sleeping? Like all of those things. And sure, you know, there's times where, you know, we did need to go and see a doctor and, and get something just to help get through some things right away. Um, but you know, every time I hear from them, and they're not feeling that good, I first thing I say is, what have you been working out? Have you been to the gym? You know, have you what yeah. are you eating? Have you got your protein up, like, all of that. And, You know, okay, yes, mom. But you know, I I think it's like it is truly a system that you have to put in place. And this is what you know, fast fat loss as a way of life. Really, I think you know, from what I heard you describe, is because I think it will be. If we only just think, oh God, I hate how I look in (laughs) the bikini. I'm going to hit the gym. And then, you know, and then it's like, oh, I'm still not making progress. I'm still not making progress. But meanwhile, I, you know, I'm not sleeping and this and that. Then I just give up going to the gym because, oh, that didn't work. So, you know, but if it's, okay, well, you know what? I, you know, I really don't care what I look like in a bikini. I kind of care, but now it's more like, I, I, it's not, it's less about the fat loss now. And, and my body image to more of like creating this system yeah, way of life so that, so that the energy that I'm bringing and putting into my body can also exude to other exactly. people. And that's what you're It's sort of yes. ripple effects to other people. Yes. So, yeah, no, that is amazing. So your program is already launched. You, you definitely, um, you know, took that leap. You believed in yourself enough, but you did a lot of the work. Like you did the work and you did the work that you needed. And that's what I really appreciated about your story. Um, so your, your program is launched. Your book is coming out. You're soon to be a published author. When is
1: the book coming out? I don't know is the answer, but it should be this year. I I want to okay, yeah. I, I don't want to sort of speculate, um, but it's uh, yeah, it's it's all out there. And I think again, I've I've taken I've taken challenges, life challenges, the real challenges that we face. So break up, um, the death of my mother. Um, miscarriage i've pulled these out but i've looked at them through the lenses of um they have helped me understand myself my path and shaped me to be the person i am today so mm-hmm. i think a lot of the experiences a lot of women will be able to identify with um
0: absolutely They'll find your. They'll find themselves in like more than one part of that story. Yeah. I think, <laughs> you know. Yeah. for Sure. For sure. Well, I'm super proud of you. Um, I'm so glad <laughs> I connected with you. Um, and it was because you have these beautiful photos on your Instagram, which we never got <laughs> into. But you you travel quite a bit to um, South Africa, Yeah. Africa, South Africa. Um, but you do it more from a volunteer perspective, and you're you participate yes. in it. So. Uh, tell people where they can um, get a hold of you, your Instagram channel, and then perhaps how to get more information about the, the fat loss as a way of life. Um,
1: so Instagram, on Instagram. It's deshu.sahayam, which is D-E-S-C-H-U. And the surname is S-A-H-A-Y-A-M. Uh, but I've got a website. It's deshu.co.uk. That's D- Dot co.uk. So deshu.co.uk. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn, um, Facebook, yes, but it's a personal Facebook, but LinkedIn, yeah, yeah. yeah. Instagram or website. Yes. Well, I'll have all
0: those, uh, links in, uh, the show notes so people can easily find you, but I, Hey, listen, I really, really enjoyed our conversation. I think you're a wonderful person. I can't wait to get the book. I want to read the book. (laughs) So good luck with that. And uh, yeah, I definitely want to bring you back. Maybe actually after you've published the book. That's a we'll lovely. idea. How you, how thank doing. you
1: so much for having Sounds me. Good. Thank you.
0: My pleasure. It was an honor.
1: Thank, thank, you. thank you so much. Bye.